0: Southworth.
1: And I'm John Bishop.
0: And welcome to The Kachat.
1: The only podcast brave enough to ask the question.
0: Hey, what's up with Toy cars? Story.
1: That's right, we're talking about Toy Story.
0: <laughs> what? Who could have guessed it from probably the title?
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, we're trying to get on that hype train of the new Toy Story
0: f- 4. 4. 4. Toy Story <laughs> 4. So... Toy 40, if you will. I
1: I don't think I will this time.
0: That's perfectly reasonable when it comes down to it. And
1: so our are our, our good justifications. Uh number one, it's a Pixar film. Number two, there are in fact cars in it.
0: Number three, I want to throw out that uh at the very end of the first Cars movie, uh they have Mac watch a bunch of like Uh, Like, it's during the credits, and he's watching a bunch of uh, Pixar movies in a drive-in, but they're carified, And one of those is a toy car story.
1: And D, it's our podcast. We do what we want.
0: Yeah, if you don't like it, I mean, please keep listening. I'm not going to tell you to stop listening after we just released (laughs) this, our second batch of episode.
1: Yeah, if you don't like it, we're sorry, and we'll try to be better.
0: Yeah, just let us know, and we'll take that constructive criticism to heart.
1: Oh, no, I had forgotten some corrections. Uh, we've released three episodes at the time of this recording, which nice. is just a full year, maybe two, after we recorded them.
0: It's true. We recorded those in, I think, the calendar year, 2017. Oh, boy.
1: All right, so it just this is not a... This is a clarification. I am no longer an engineering student, and I am no longer working at a movie theater. So that's weird, because it's been so long since at least one of those. And it's been, no, it's been a year since I graduated, and it's been maybe two since the movie theater. So that's crazy.
0: Oh, man, we both did graduate a year ago, huh? Yeah. And one of us has a job. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep you guessing on who, folks. <laughs> Like me, Lucas. Well, do you do this in your interviews? Because I would not do that. Oh
1: dang. This is the this is the most sad time to be receiving this message.
0: What's that?
1: I didn't get the job.
0: Are you kidding me? Like legitimately, you just opened your email and saw a rejection email. Not
1: even that. I I look over as my phone is vibrating and Seconds after I fake cry about not having a job, I get a message saying, We thank you for giving us the opportunity to, but we chose another candidate. I hope you don't view this as a closed door, but
0: <laughs> Johnny, no, <laughs> I'm so I'm genuinely sorry that that happened. Uh, I, but also, that's really funny. It, <laughs> see,
1: this is a a funny kind of sad. I got horrible news yesterday and in describing how horrible it was i accidentally made a pun that makes me uncomfortable and today i got funny bad news so i can handle it
0: well there you go you're, you're i i would say that's trending upwards eventually you'll get very serious good news i guess and it'll
1: only take two more years so if you'd like to support the podcast please do i need money really badly
0: <laughs> it's true
1: I'm a substitute <laughs> Probably. teacher and school ends Friday oh boy God. I need a summer job uh,
0: anyway uh, uh, we're on that Toy Story 4 grind we are very excited for the saga to continue okay uh, and we want to talk about it on our podcast that we do for you guys
1: Yep. alright so first thing you've got written down is basic toy story questions why are the why are they alive how do things work which is basically the entire premise of our podcast but for cars so how are you feeling about this being a prequel
0: I mean I could see it and I mean the reason I was so broad is I'm just not sure how many toy story episodes we're going to do on our cars podcast so I wanted to cover everything but I I could see it being a prequel uh Inanimate objects are alive in it, and you know, that's a direct line to our boy Lightning McQueen.
1: The only thing is, humans have to start considering cars to be toys. And we're already well on our way.
0: There are people who do that. Man, I didn't even I didn't even try to relate this to cars. I'm glad you <laughs> are vigilant and are our- Our mission statement for our podcast.
1: My theory is there is a strong contender for this being a prequel. And it's got something to do with once humanity as a whole or children accept cars to be toys. That's when they become sentient. That's when the Carpocalypse happens. Only thing is a point that one of our biggest fans, should we say his name? Is it Tucker? It's Tucker. Yeah. Yeah. One of our biggest fans has raised the point of if any of these things are prequels, if there are in fact prequels, then why is culture exactly the same? How did World War II happen for cars if all that happens?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's a comment there about history repeating itself. Uh, maybe the car, the cars are like so bonded with humanity that they can't really tell when the they stopped it stopped being a society of people and started being a society of cars. The line is very blurred for them. Yes. So so may, maybe like that uh, f- fighter plane uh, from planes, who, who is our basis of World War II happening. Maybe he was a fighter pilot uh, and he is just remembering it as he was a plane, uh, when in reality he was really just a, a pilot. But he cannot make that distinction in his mind anymore. His mind has been crumbled into. I have always been a plane. That is always what I have been.
1: It's his way of coping with the fact that he's fused with a plane. Yeah, I can I can get down with that. Like I could dig that. I could imagine that like there's a a twenty year span that no one remembers, and in that span, humans started fusing with these sentient cars somehow, and. Everyone forgets the 20 years in between and just remembers history as having always been Cars.
0: Or with with things like Toy Story, uh, where we are, where if Toy Story is a prequel, it's not that the humans are Cars, but just the Cars came alive. Mm -hmm. Maybe the Cars just spent so much time around humans that they, they think they were humans, you know? So that, 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 that line could still work for us.
1: There's a different weird psychic break where like, everyone doesn't remember this happening. They don't remember humans having existed because they think they were the humans. But then again, even if that's true, like Doc Hudson, he would specifically have to have been an older vehicle that somehow was introduced to the toy magic, despite having been made well before it happened
0: yeah and i mean i i'm not sure i'm fully there on like this is definitely what we say happened but like at the very least tucker oh i shouldn't say his last name i'll edit that out uh tucker
1: honk it out put a quarter in the jar
0: uh you're right (laughs) that's two for me nine for you uh
1: is that nine (laughs) dollars
0: but uh that's nine entries into the honk jar for you i all of the heavy lifting has in fact been for you so far ah
1: yeah we're gonna we're gonna earn that trip yeah you're welcome
0: oh we haven't actually said that yet uh (laughs) for every honk we uh for every censorship we do with a honk we're going to put imaginary quarter into an imaginary honk jar to save up to our for our trip to uh Anaheim, California, where they have the glorious Cars Land within Disneyland,
1: and then we'll finally be able to ask Lightning McQueen himself these questions.
0: Starting with, "Hey, what's up with Cars?" That worked, it, out That was natural.
1: Absolutely. Um, but keep in mind that although this is episode four for us, this is episode eleven.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we had the idea to do a Toy Story episode like last week, and we're like, "Ah, oh, we got to do this now." <laughs>
1: Yep, and it would be good to start this early of, oh, we're going to have some episodes that aren't completely about cars.
0: Yeah, get you used to it. Sort of dip your toes into not cars. I'm sure all of you are here (laughs) just to hear about cars. But hey, we're going to get you some other content, everyone, now and again.
1: Yep, yep. All right, so...
0: (laughs) We should talk about that other content, like Toy Story.
1: Okay, so... I know we haven't really gotten into Toy Story, but I'm going to start with a with a, a very not fun fact. Okay. The first design for Woody was not a lovable cowboy doll. It was, in fact, a terrifying uh, cowboy ventriloquist dummy.
0: Oh, yeah, I've read that myself. That's, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Yeah. That's a very different movie.
1: <laughs> Even to this day... Buzz is still, like, smaller in some way than Woody, but the difference in size used to be just huge. Like, we're talking a four-inch-tall toy and a three-foot-tall dummy.
0: What child in the mid-90s would own a ventriloquist dummy? Well... <laughs> what do they think that would be a good idea for our protagonist? Time
1: for another very not-fun maybe fact uh i haven't actually looked up this one recently but i'm fairly certain that like they're really strapped for cash and uh the father's not in the picture and it's either that he like had passed away or that they're getting a divorce and uh like that's something you can see hinted out through the movie so like the answer is a child whose mother can't afford to get him other toys
0: uh, as always, you've come through with the, the very not fun part of the very not fun fact.
1: Yep. This has been a very not fun fact.
0: Cool. <laughs> Going on from there, I guess. Why are the toys alive, John?
1: Because of strange magics that definitely exist within some Pixar canons that, if you believe in Pixar theory, mean exist for sure in this universe.
0: Yeah. See, I don't, I've never been a fan of Pixar theory. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're sort of Pixar theorying ourselves with, you know, connecting Wally and Toy Story yeah,
1: but, to cars. But, but we don't look for like those things in the Pixar theory that they like to call evidence.
0: That's, that's very true. And one thing I want to get into is part of the reason we are doing a podcast about cars and not fully about Toy Story is with Toy Story, it's so much easier to say, like, oh, the toys are magic. That's why they're alive. Because, like, it's just our society, and there are toys, in our society anyway, that who knows what they're doing when we're not looking. Like, they're not alive, but it's it's easier to suspend your disbelief. Whereas in Cars, they're like, oh, here's the Pope. Yep, there's the Pope. And, like, what are we supposed to do with that? There's J-Limo. Don't worry about it. Here's the Pope.
1: Don't worry about it. Here's the pope and also he's in the pope mobile who is a person.
0: Uh major eating wasabi. Uh, why would he? Don't uh, we'll leave that for John and Lucas to figure out.
1: I mean, there are terrifying things in every Pixar movie, but Cars to Us is kind of just all around terrifying to think about, which is why we do it so much.
0: But there is still very much we can talk about story and ruin the magic of what is what was my favorite childhood movie that's not true my favorite childhood movie was the iron giant my second favorite childhood movie i'm gonna go ahead and throw this out here do a bit quick shout out to my brother my brother and me and justin mcelroy specifically and say what if we've got a haunted doll watch on our hands johnny i mean what if there are spirits trapped inside these poor poor vessels boop a doop boop 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 is he gonna sue? Is he gonna sue me? Uh, just you. Oh, oh. Uh, actually, he doesn't have the name "Haunted Doll Watch." Uh, please. copyrighted. Just please, I don't have any money. I just got rejected. <laughs> please don't sue me. Uh, but I don't know. I think these. Co- <laughs> what if there are ghosts in Woody and Buzz, John?
1: If there are ghosts in Woody and Buzz and all those others. Well, there there are so many questions to ask, but that would also make it even more likely a tie-in with Cars because of that guy who said, Oh yeah, Cars sound like the person who last drove them. If they are in fact haunted, uh, disregarding the connection to Cars, Buzz Lightyear dolls, they're the same when they come out of the box.
0: Oh yeah, they all, they all think they're the real Buzz Lightyear.
1: They all think they're the real Buzz Lightyear, and they all have the same personality of this... Gung ho space uh, captain adventurer, would that mean that every single Buzz Lightyear doll has the same massive, super powerful ghost inside of all of them?
0: I want it to mean that now. I think that's a great way for that to work. Because it
1: couldn't necessarily be the same ghost at all times. It would have to be like fragments of the same soul that are all the same. Because He does fight with himself, and he does change and grow and develop as a character, but he can also be reset, which is strange, and also he can change language settings. Huh. And also, I think Buzz needs batteries. Oh man, he totally does. Buzz needs batteries, but others others don't. Huh. Why does Buzz need batteries? I'm back to magic. I think it's a part of the spell that the toy has to be viewed as, like, complete. In some way, because if you remove his batteries, he's no longer complete. He's no longer like sentient. And with Sid's creations, he views them as complete after he has deconstructed and reconstructed them. So him viewing okay. them turns them into monsters, which I think this all is geared towards one of your characters here, one, one of your uh, discussion points.
0: Yeah, this is the perfect segue into, into Toy Story 4.
1: No, I was talking about the mechanics of Mr. Potato Head. Actually, this is a great segue for both because Yeah. Okay, so the other discussion point is Forky as a character. She creates her own toy and it becomes sentient once it is created.
0: If you haven't seen either of the toys any of the Toy Story 4 like promotional stuff, the the girl that they go to at the end of Toy Story 3 like puts some googly eyes and pipe cleaners and popsicle sticks on, uh, on a spork, calls it Forky, and then it's alive. It's a toy, and God help them, in the trailer, it says, Why am I alive? As if we can resist talking about that. As if they were saying, John and Lucas... Here's something for you. We'll throw
1: you a bone. And even more specific, in another part of the newest trailer, it says, I've known him my whole life, two days. So he definitely did not exist as a living creature until two days before that, when he had been put together. So as a sport, he was not alive. As Forky, he is alive.
0: So I think that throws out haunted dolls from the equation because they probably remember part of their previous tormented lives, you know? I mean, I don't know. But still, is it the, the child's love?
1: I think it's some sort of strange magic that relies on certain strange parameters. It has to be viewed as a toy. I think it also has to be a complete toy. There are certain exceptions but like in general they view being taken apart of as kind of like a thing that would kill them that like there are comedic exceptions like uh when forky loses an eye and it's just put back on
0: i think uh that that would also explain uh in toy story 2 it doesn't have they don't have to be owned by a child because in toy story 2 uh Al from Al's Toy Barn owns all those, like, collectibles, and uh, Stinky Pete hasn't ever been outside of his box until uh, the events of Toy Story 2. So, like, he's not, like, played with. That That doesn't give him the energy or anything.
1: Yeah, I think it just is a a spell that requires the perception of it being a toy, and I think there has to be something, like... The magic only works once it is perceived as a toy. Losing a significant part of yourself can kill you even if it is only temporary because being put back together is very much an option because even in the trailer, Forky loses an eye, it gets put back on. Mr. Potato Head as a character gets disassembled and reassembled. Woody loses an arm and doesn't lose the ability to control that arm once it's put back on.
0: I, I think you're right that after a certain point of damage, they lose sentience, at least until they're repaired. Because uh, in, in, again, the Toy Story 4 trailer, there's like a, a plush toy that gets ripped in half by a cat.
1: To which two other, two characters say, is that what we look like on the inside?
0: Yeah, the the, the two, I think they're like carnival prizes who are voiced by uh, Key and Peele, uh, are just horrified. They say that they're so much fluff which again they are leaning into the like body horror weird grotesque questions yeah. of toy story for toy story 4 and i am here for it and
1: even if we if we want to go with haunted the magic could be that like deceased souls are summoned forth and put into whatever is viewed of as a toy as soon as it becomes a toy and that soul loses its old identity and assumes the identity of the toy which would work for the buzz lightyear toys all being the same it, it like the soul assumes the identity of whatever body it gains and then from there can grow and love but not actually physically grow
0: yeah okay i could get behind that yeah yeah we did it that's how Toys work. Magical
1: spell that requires perception.
0: Yeah, I I do enjoy that with cars, we're like, well, they're biological beings that are in exoskeletons. They're evolved from humans and or snails. Uh, And this, we're like, I don't freaking... They're magic. They're toys. (laughs) There's a spell that's been placed on the toys, and that's how they can move. Because if you assume they're biological,
1: then Buzz losing all life because batteries is strange right
0: i mean we've seen inside them we know they're not biological they've been
1: taken apart and put back together they they're they can't be biological unless it's some super super weird kind of biology that we can't comprehend so it has to do something with magic we gotta assume
0: yeah it, it, it 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 almost there are probably explanations that aren't magic but I certainly can't think of them. I, I it, the, the toys are magic.
1: <laughs> the, the toys are magic.
0: You heard it here. Again, probably not first. That's probably just what you thought when you watched Toy Story.
1: yeah that's, a, that's the good old good chat, giving you predictions that are somewhat easy to reach.
0: There we go. But I guess I want to get into uh, a question from Liz that will lead us into a further discussion point here. Uh, so, the toys are sort of bound to their kids, but they they don't want human society to know that they're sentient and able to move and whatnot, so they act like they're toys when they're around around us. But the question from Liz is the toys can be alive when humans are around. they just choose to they choose to act inanimate. We see that uh in the first toy story. Uh, particularly when Woody and all of the monster toys just traumatize poor Sid for the rest of his life. Uh, So they can move when humans aren't around. They just choose not to. Why? I feel like we've seen it in every movie. Yeah, yeah, they they can move when the humans see them. They just don't. So why?
1: Which is a massive plot hole for the first film, in which Buzz Lightyear, a... A being that assumes he is actually a space adventurer just reacts how everyone else does as a toy when an adult or child enters the room. Yeah,
0: he doesn't think he's a toy, but he still acts like one. That's maybe it's just pure instinct. Maybe they had to fight every fiber of their being to do those things to, again, Sid, who didn't know these toys were sentient, you know? He was just being creative, making stuff. It happens, I think, in every movie, though.
1: Like, there's probably a scene in every movie where they're around people and moving.
0: No, yeah, I'm just a little stuck on Sid. They really messed that poor kid up.
1: Yeah. And here's the thing about Sid. He definitely did not know that those were sentient toys.
0: Yeah, I'm saying. That's,
1: yeah. I love the the Sid theory of, you see what we can only assume is Sid as a garbage man in the third movie. And I love the idea that that changed him fundamentally as a person and he turned his life around and he wanted to be a garbage man so that if ever he sees any toys, he can save them because he knows they're alive.
0: I don't think I've heard that. I like that.
1: I, I really like that. It's nice and heartwarming because he he tortured and experimented with these beings that he did not know were alive that's going to tear you up when you find out they're alive
0: uh, it it clearly does he is scared out of his mind like he's yeah. terrified when his as he should be when he learns toys are sentient
1: woody turns his head fully around so, leading more credence to some sort of possession.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> that. That's very, very much like some sort of poltergeist kind of move. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My, my My best guess is either a they feel some sort of duty to act as toys to the children. They they feel like that's their purpose is to entertain and bring joy to children, or it's just some sort of primal primal instinct for them, and that's why. Buzz does it as well
1: i I will say though we're gonna get people who want to like if they hear this, they want to say something along the lines of well, Buzz is like comparatively super, super small, so maybe he's just paralyzed in fear and pretending to be something so that it like they won't notice him to which I'm gonna say, watch the Buzz Lightyear cartoon. that is not what Buzz Lightyear would do,
0: yeah. You ever seen Buzz Lightyear Space Rangers? He would, Idiots. he would
1: either make a tactical retreat or he would immediately begin shooting. Because Buzz Lightyear is a, a strange character.
0: Yes, he is. God bless him, I love him. But like Andy plays with him, mm-hmm. and then even after that, he's not like, who was that large man who pushed the button on me and flung me around and whatnot? And he's like, Oh no, this I'm Space Ranger. It's as if he Goes into a comatose state more than acts inanimate. Yeah.
1: Also, what's up with his his weird his weird eyesight? If he can look at toys, and look at this giant flesh golem, and not realize that oh, these toys are not made of biological material, which I assume I'm made of, because again, Buzz Lightyear is is a a fleshy boy. He thinks he is. Well, actual Buzz Lightyear in in the canon of <laughs> Buzz Lightyear and Toys Toy Story is a toy based off of a character named Buzz Lightyear who is a space
0: who human. is like a human or some or some equivalent. Yes, I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Uh so Mr. Potato Head, he is an interesting thing because I said they have to be a complete toy, and his whole thing is that he's you could take him apart. You take him apart. He's he Oh look, you can put his eye on his on his booty. Now he's got an eye butt.
0: And like his parts still work when they're not on him. Like there's a whole subplot, I think, in Toy Story Two, with like Mrs. Potato Head, one of her eyes gets somewhere and she can see through that eye, even though it's like miles away and see like, I don't know, Woody. I
1: think oh, I think they like Made a weird rope of them, their own bodies, and one of them was holding her eye.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, either way, they can see through their eyes even when they're not physically touching their bodies.
1: My prop- so
0: all and their arms can move, their feet can move, they can hear.
1: Yep. My proposal is that each part of Mister Potato Head, even if completely disassembled, each part existing. Is the whole product. Mr. Potato Head is kind of like Lego. If you buy a box full of Lego, that's all kinda like one toy. You don't you don't really feel like okay. you have hundreds of toys, you've got like a Lego set. So each part is the toy. So He can be completely separated because he is still complete as long as each part exists.
0: Yeah, and and he's also, like, part of his purpose is he's meant to be disassembled and reassembled in funny ways. Yeah,
1: so he can't be viewed as being incomplete just because he's assembled differently.
0: Yeah, okay. There's one thing. I'm really hoping you forgot this scene from Toy Story 3 because I want you to remember it horrifyingly. There's a scene in Toy Story 3 where they're at the daycare and as part of their escape plan, I do not remember in any way how it helps them escape. But Mr. Potato Head pulls off all his parts and like throws them over a wall and then sticks them into a tortilla and he possesses the tortilla. He walks around with all his parts in the tortilla and that's his his vessel is that tortilla for a while.
1: I recalled that he, like, possessed a different body. I couldn't remember that it was a tortilla. But yes, I remember this, and it's great. So
0: that's something he can do, which is fun.
1: Which does lead, like, lend credence to the idea that he's a ghost.
0: Yeah, he can possess different things. What I want to know is, like, how far does it go? When he does that, he makes the tortilla a
1: part of him as a toy. Okay. Because if you put something else into or on Mr. Potato Head, it's still a part of the entire idea of Mr. Potato Head. He's a he's a toy you can make to look and be however you want. So if you make a tortilla a part of Mr. Po- Potato Head, that is then a part of Mr. Potato Head. My biggest issue with that is, how does it stop being a part of him? If he puts all of his parts back onto his potato body, would that tortilla not remain a part of this Mr. Potato Head identity?
0: Huh. You you wondering if there's a piece of his soul left in the tortilla? Yeah, what if what if
1: he is slowly like does like a part of him, one of his bodies, is just wasting away in a landfill and he can feel it
0: it's a horcrux
1: every second of it he can feel oh it's a horcrux mr potato head is a bunch of horcruxes that all form one being and if he attaches another part to himself that becomes another horcrux
0: oh my gosh so you think like he could feel what the tortilla felt until it was completely like decayed and he was dissolved, in yeah he trash was
1: temporarily feeling what it felt to be like kind of fleshy,
0: oh my gosh, I don't care for that at all, oh, I guess that what if- what, what I really want to know though with how far it goes is. If you were to, like, sharpen those little plastic things real good and stick them all into me, would he possess me?
1: Maybe. But also, like, a step before that, I'm pretty sure he could do this with, like, taxidermy.
0: Oh, no. He's a necromancer. And
1: that's if that's if it's not already alive.
0: Oh.
1: What if some kid decides play with a taxidermied dog and that dog just becomes alive again
0: well I I think it would at least have those same primal toy instincts we were talking about so it wouldn't be alive while the kid was looking at him but like
1: it would be alive it just wouldn't be living.
0: yeah it, it would a- act as if it were still taxidermied well it still would be it would act as if it had no soul within it but, yeah, I guess the dog would just be like, what's happening?
1: I don't know, though, because the reason a lot of these toys, under my theory, act like toys is because they're very clearly toys. Like, Buzz is a weird exception to this. And I think it's because he's, like, humanoid. He, like, he actually, he is designed to appear as much like Buzz Lightyear as reasonable, because Buzz Lightyear is a fictional character. So he would just assume that because his body is essentially what people think of as Buzz Lightyear, that he was Buzz Lightyear. Would this dog not, if it became a toy, assume that it's just a dog?
0: But in Toy Story 2, uh, uh, Woody has a show, too. It's called, like, Woody's Roundup, I think. So uh, he's also based off of a fictional character. So, like, maybe... This happens to a lot of them Maybe it happened to Woody too And he's just like oh look at this Guy who thinks he's A space ranger but I don't know I think it may be Just something weird with Buzz Uh, So why wouldn't Woody Also think that he is the fictional character Woody, Sheriff Woody
1: Is Woody's roundup A show in which he is A cowboy or a show in which he is A a toy Going through these adventures
0: I think I think it's one where he's a cowboy.
1: Like I think in the show, like they use a toy to be like the puppet, but I may be imagining that wrong.
0: Yeah, it, they're like puppets, which may be a callback to the yeah. what we were talking—the very not fun fact.
1: So, like even in Woody's Roundup, he'd be a toy
0: kind of. Yeah, yeah, he he is in fact a puppet. I just watched a little video from it. So yeah. So I that that would explain. That. Okay. You got me there.
1: Okay, that's unsettling. Just the necromantic power of taxidermy being treated as a toy.
0: I mean, of anything being treated as a toy. Yep, that could happen with anything. I I always assume. Well, I did not think this critically about Toy Story before we had a podcast in which we over consumed children's movies, but. I guess in some part of my mind, I was always like, ah, something about like the process of them being made in the factory, or whatever, makes them alive. But anyone, any Bonnie did it. She put a thing, put some feet on a fork.
1: Yep. It does not have to
0: be a company. It doesn't have to be manufactured. So, like, I guess I could take my chair and start playing with it. Be like, this is cool. And <laughs> my chair would be alive, and Screaming with no mouth.
1: (laughs) Oh boy. Have you ever Do you listen to Metallica ever? Uh no. (laughs) Okay, so there's there's a song and its entire premise is that there's a man who lives inside of his own body in just the most horrific the most horrific state of being he could imagine because he can't move. He can't see, he can't hear, and he doesn't know if he's doing anything. He's just in a hospital bed, stuck alive inside his own mind.
0: So that'd be what happened if I played with my chair. (laughs)
1: Like, a lyric of the song is absolute horror. So, yeah, that's what that would be for that chair. If you played with your chair you may accidentally just create a tortured being.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm struggling finding any sort of, like, loophole. Like, it has to be a child. Because, again, Al owned all those, like, owned, like, the box Stinky Pete that he never played with. He never was, like, he never had this childlike perception, like, oh, Stinky Pete is alive, so he he became alive. Like, I was thinking maybe it's if the children think they're alive, like, kids often do with their toys they become alive but no it's just if they are perceived as a toy
1: they don't even have to be owned Yeah, because Buzz Buzz 2.0 fought Buzz even though he was just in a mall
0: yeah he left his box and came out punching he was oh my gosh it's just the perception of being a plaything a child's plaything Yep,
1: it's it's scary to think about. Time for a
0: fun fact. Cool, I was wondering if there was going to be one.
1: <laughs> uh, a common uh, Easter egg in the Pixar movies is the A113, which is an inside joke referring to a graphic design classroom. And uh, in toys, it's a license plate
0: number. Did you call Toy Story toys? I called it toys. <laughs> As if you know cars. cars. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty reasonable. We've been talking about cars mostly. It and we've already mentioned briefly that Forky also ex- experiences some existential horror. Yep. It, it like in the most recent trailer, he very like casually asks, "Why am I alive?" He
1: seems much less scared than in the first trailer I watched. In the first one.
0: Yeah, in the first trailer, he is constantly screaming.
1: He he screams something along the lines of, I'm not supposed to be a toy. I'm not supposed to be alive. I'm supposed to be for food. Which means he knows his purpose is for food. You know what your body was made for, but your body wasn't sentient until two days ago. So there's so much going on there.
0: This is a big old can of worms, huh?
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Well... <laughs> can't wait for Toy Story 5 to come out so we can talk more about the horrors of Toy Story.
1: If we want to talk more about the horrors of Toy Story, we could talk right now about just the animation of the first film because, like, I get that it was groundbreaking and whatnot, but, like, man, those people were terrifying.
0: Yeah, Andy did a big old glow-up. Yeah. Yeah. All right, um so what
1: do you what do you think of the toy Story films let's let's just let's just go ahead and like rate them
0: honestly we we say on several of our uh platforms we describe cars as Pixar's fifth best franchise being five franchises that Pixar has Toy Story no question number one in my head
1: no question all right i gotta I gotta remember all of my options let's the incredibles uh see when we first envisioned this we said the fifth best and incredibles 2 had not come out yet
0: (laughs) yeah those episodes you may or may not have listened to two weeks ago are very old
1: (laughs) all right so we got we got incredibles we've got toy story monsters inc monsters inc
0: uh nemo and cars
1: nemo and cars all right i really like The Incredibles movies.
0: I do too, and you know that I'm not as big of a superhero person as you, but I'm almost one. But I don't know. If Incredibles 2 had been as solid as the first Incredibles movie, then maybe. But like, I don't know, man.
1: Toy Story. Toy Story 3. Wonderful. Amazing movie. But I'm a big proponent of the idea of just because something like is a classic or like did great things doesn't mean that it still should be considered like currently great and like the animation on the first movie it really wigs me out
0: that's fair enough but and and i know that this is speaking to what you're saying of like can't let it just rest on its laurels but i don't know man toy story and toy story 2 meant a lot to me as a kid and i i can't I can't let that go.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm a guy who is currently co-directing a Shakespeare show and I also I I I really just don't get why people adore Shakespeare currently. Like I love the historical benefits that Shakespeare like Shakespeare has changed culture in in great ways and changed media in great ways and storytelling in general. But like if you try and tell me that like reading Shakespeare is just as good as reading, like, any half-decent uh, fiction story that, like, is modern. I'm gonna have to disagree with you.
0: That's fair. I disagree wholeheartedly with you. I am a big Shakespeare head, and it's crazy to me that you said say that with all the work you do with a Shakespeare troupe, John.
1: Yep. Yep. I. Okay. I enjoy performing. I enjoy the people, and I do not like Shakespeare.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, Liz is gonna think that's hilarious. I'm gonna tell her that.
1: Yep. Yeah. Like you should have seen the faces of my cast when I told them this.
0: Why would you tell your cast that? They got to be upfront. <laughs> okay. But whatever. Here's here's some of the bigger
1: points of it all. Like the language it's it's technically modern english but it's early modern english which means it's just so unnatural to try and listen to and interpret you have to intentionally consciously choose to interpret the things that you are reading or hearing and that's just that's just not something that i want to have to do when i'm enjoying a story and then also there's the fact that like 90% of the rhymes don't work anymore because of the way we pronounce words
0: Sure, I don't think that discounts how good they were when they were how good they were
1: like what you were what you were trying to not say is specifically my problem. like I'm gonna say something controversial uh star Wars, the original movies great for their time. I love what they did for history. They're hard to watch now.
0: I don't know, man. if someone is really understands what they're saying when they are acting a shakespearean uh show you should be able to understand what they're saying if you can't understand what is going on in watching a shakespearean play that's often the fault of the actors not fully understanding the text in my opinion i don't know we're not going to agree on this
1: (laughs) my whole point is just like yes i love what it like how great it was for its time, but specifically it was for its time. And if someone likes Shakespeare, I'm not going to fault them for it. It's a preference. But like, if something is harder to consume, that makes me like it less. If something is not nearly as relatable because there's a massive time difference between when it was made and when I'm consuming it, that's a turn off for me.
0: I don't know. I think they're still relatable, and I think people are accurate when they call them timeless. But I'm just gonna edit this so you say I think Shakespeare and Star Wars are bad, and throw it to the internet.
2: Uh,
0: Anyway, you want to stop talking? (laughs) Let the people move on with their days. Or do we have more we want to say about Toy Story? I got a little bit more. Okay, go for it.
1: Um, I think third movie definitely my favorite of the three i got like like i didn't i didn't actually cry or anything but i did like get like that feeling like choked up feeling that you get when it was that one hand-holding scene don't want to spoil it for anyone it was in the third movie it was real emotional
0: see the the, the end of toy story 3 got me a lot worse than the hand-holding where it's a movie that came out in 2000 12, I think, when Andy leaves to go to college, yeah. he leaves all the toys. That's what got me, more than the hand-holding and the incinerator. Yeah. If people get mad at us for spoiling Toy Story 3, then I will have no sympathy for them.
1: Uh, good point. Uh, I'd say Incredibles is number one for me. Toy Story is probably number two.
0: That's fair enough. I will say the only thing that is blemishing Toy Story now is not the only thing, obviously, but the one that's coming to mind right now, is I just think 3 had such a perfect wrap-up for the series. 3 ended Toy Story so, so well, and now they're making a fourth one, which I'm gonna see and enjoy, but I think that takes away from some of the great ending that was given. And I can see the argument that Toy Story 3 was the perfect ending to, like, Andy's arc, and now it's Bonnie's arc, but whatever.
1: Yeah, like, I had my my gratification and my disconnection that was nice and pleasant and healthy, and now you're dragging me back in.
0: Yeah, just like, Andy was obviously very, almost very directly, uh, for you and I, like, our stand-in in the movie. Like, he went to college, he, Toy Story 3 came out, I believe 2012, which is the year before John and I went to college. I want
1: to say 2013.
0: Either way, it was like right before John and I went to college. So like that hit super duper hard. Uh,
1: Oh, 2010.
0: Really? Man, it felt like it was. Oh, Oh, it was when my brother went to college then. So maybe that's what made me so sad about it.
1: Both our brothers went to college.
0: Oh, yeah, it would be. Well, that's nice. But either way. And now Bonnie is the stand in for the new Toy Story fans. So. It's and, not for us anymore. I'm still going to go see it.
1: Yeah. Um I'm going to pose a challenge. This is completely unrelated to everything, wow. but email us or message us, find a way to message us. I want you internet world. I want you to answer my call to to rise to this challenge. I don't like the word timeless. I don't I don't think that's a reasonable word because I don't consider things like Shakespeare to be timeless because it, for one reason, just because of time and the way language has changed, the rhymes don't work, the schemes don't work, things are pronounced differently, things have different, like, so many things change it in a way that makes it worse. And in general, I just would not consider that timeless.
0: Is there a challenge in there somewhere, or are you just gonna go back to that (laughs) conversation we had?
1: the challenge is to give me something that you think that I would find timeless. I want it to be media. I want it to be media. That's pretty much my only constraint.
0: Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, if you want to tell John he's wrong, our email is thecachat at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at thecachat. Both of those are one words. We have a YouTube channel. We're on Spotify. blue blue to blue, You know all this. You're listening to us somewhere, so you know somewhere to listen to us. Do we have any more corrections from those first three episodes? Oh, yeah, you wanted to say, uh, y- y- you said that cows contribute to global warming through farting, they actually do it through burping.
1: Yes. Uh, and that's, I learned that thanks to the expert on the, uh, is it last
0: week tonight? John Oliver. I think it was last week tonight. I saw that same thing that you did. So, yeah. Advertise with us if you want. And We'd like that. Also correct us. And,
1: uh, yeah. And until next time, remember to, well, they're toys. What do we do with toys? Uh, uh. (laughs) Remember to keep your toys forever and always play with them. I'm John Bishop, and I think Shakespeare and Star Wars are bad. And I'm Lucas. Bye-bye.